What's up, y'all? It's Mike, host of Professional Independent Podcast. And on today's episode, I had the privilege of talking to Michael Peters. Now, Mike is a finance guy. Why do I want to talk to Mike? Because it's important as a spouse to understand how to plan a budget. A lot of times spouses, a lot of times we end up with the role of being the household manager. And in that role as a household manager, we're in charge of making sure that the finances are done, that the bills are paid, budgeting is done, things like that. And it doesn't do us any favors to have to wait until that deposit hits the hits the account to be able to do our budget. It really helps to be able to see the LES and see what's going on and understanding that yes, you can your spouse can give you permission to log on and at least just see the LES it will help you prepare and plan for things that are coming up. We discuss overpayments, underpayments, we discuss how as a spouse you can start to plan for a retirement whenever you don't be able, whenever you're not able to work and build that traditional 401k or retirement that you know pension plan that is so not really commonplace anymore because let's face it the era of 30 years in a gold watch is gone but that ability to at least contribute something for whenever it's time to start thinking about retirement and have a little extra income coming in for your family now, Mike is pretty is pretty experienced in the role of a uh, being a professional dependa, being that his family was military and he's basically been a dependent his entire life. Uh, you know, throughout the course of his life, he's PCS 15 times and gone to seven different schools. Um, which, as you know, if you have kids, we your kids end up going to a lot of schools. Uh, he's been a, he's been a military spouse for 12 years. He advocates for, you know, being all inclusive, bringing everybody to the table while at the same time trying to have that focus on being all-inclusive. One of the things that he did at one of his last bases was they actually his spouse club that he was a part of built an all-abilities playground. That's really awesome because if you have a child with special needs, you know that whenever you go to a playground, if there's equipment there that your child can actually use, that is huge. It really gives your kid the ability to go out and play and not feel left out, and that is super, super important. Now, Mike is also a former military spouse of the year uh, because of things like that, of his you know, trying to be all-inclusive, trying to be, bring more people to the table, and trying to not do things that are normal. And what do I mean by things that are normal? Not just do your traditional spouse club stuff, trying to think outside the box and do things that impact the community. He is a finance guy. That is why I want to talk to him. He's been, he's been interested in finances his entire life. But one of the things that he's done recently to try to start improving that is he was is the FINRA Foundation Fellow starting in 2021. Now, this is for him to work towards his financial counseling certification. It's, it's an accredited program. And he currently lives in Northern Virginia with his two young kids and his active duty Air Force wife. Um, I had a really good time talking to Mike. Real quick, I'm going to mention our sponsors. The Dependent Dog Gear. I almost said Professional Dependent because I do both. So, Dependent Dog Gear, www.dependentdoggear.com, bandanas, leashes. Uh, we actually just added keychains to the website, but check it out. We've got a lot of stuff on sale, a lot of the older designs, the, some of the 4th of July stuff that we dropped originally. A lot of a lot of bandanas right now are on sale for $2.50. That is the cheapest bandana you're going to find for a dog anywhere that's not some huge big box store. But go check it out. Really appreciate our sponsors because it's me. But go check them out. Dependedoggear.com. Halloween designs coming soon. Got three new styles getting ready to drop very quickly. 
But anyway, we Mike and I talked for about an hour, so I'm going to stop and let us get to the conversation with Mike. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I gotta get paint. Yeah, I see right. the. Uh, I see. It looks like you're doing some home improvements back there behind you. We had a leak, and we're renting, and the leak leaked into our living room. Mm. There's a leak roof, and so they're coming and repairing it. And the goose been painting for like two days. Oh wow. Oh, that's right, because y'all y'all have that y'all are doing that um y'all like rented that farm basically right y'all are like on like a hundred acres or something like that no that's not us oh, <laughs> we're in a big house a big a big old house in northern Virginia hey, there there was somebody I was talking to on the spouse page on the guys page that they found basically this person that was renting out their farm and they have like a hundred something acres a barn. The person's yeah. like, yeah, you can use our side-by-sides because they were like, it was too much land for the person to keep up with. And they're like, yeah, just don't break the stuff and you will include all of it, the usage and the cost of the rent. And it was just, I couldn't believe it. It was basically a dream come true. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that exists in Fairfax County. Not, Not in Fairfax. Fairfax. <laughs> we're lucky to have a house, honestly. Hey, I, I we lived in a... We didn't live in Virginia, but we we spent a year in uh, Gaithersburg in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Yeah, absolutely. While, while Kelly while Kelly was at USIS. Yeah, dude, it, that was. Yeah, that's we, we had to live way far away from Walter Reed to be able to afford to live there for a year. Yeah. Oh, you didn't live in uh, North Bethesda or Georgetown? Oh no, no, like no, no. Yeah. We we didn't we didn't have the three grand a month to pay for a townhouse. That's <laughs> this. Oh, all right. Well, um, so Mike, tell me, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, you and I have been connected on the the men's page for a while. Our, our wives are, have very extremely similar career paths. So we've kind of touched base a few times, yeah. but tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, uh, the biggest thing with military kind of lifestyle is that I grew up uh, in a Marine family. My dad was a Marine and, uh, went to college and then, uh, met my wife in college and she became an air force officer uh, upon graduation, give or take a couple of weeks. And, uh, we got married soon. I mean, like literally she commissioned, went to officer training. She got a long weekend in October after she graduated like in August. So we got married over the long weekend cause she had no nice. leave. And so I'm, might have been a non-dependent for like a year, mm. something like that. I probably aged out of the old style of dependency. No more TRICARE. Right. I didn't have like the... So, I mean, this is kind of my lifestyle, like more than more than most, I think. And so, uh, marrying my wife, I've moved around a lot. I moved around as a kid, you know, so I know that kind of existence. This is our... Well, this summer will probably be our sixth move in 14, 15 years. And so uh, I know the struggle of like putting a career together. And so I've, I've poured myself into volunteering quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, what led you to talk to me is one of my passions is like financial education. Um, not really. So, so like there's a, there's like financial advising, which mm-hmm. is like an investment, which, um, I mean, I'm more than happy to give, but, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily <laughs> make me look like an idiot more often than not. You can be wrong all the time. Um, but what I really like to do is like financial education counseling, which is mm-hmm. helping people 
more at like the basic levels, right? So, and that's what I think we're going to kind of talk about. Like in the military, we deal with a very strange thing that happens. And I just wrote a post about it is, is the overpayment of your funds in your DFAS, mm-hmm. my pay, um, and, and how spouses kind of navigate that. So, so that led me to uh, searching out, there's a FINRA, uh, it's called the AFCPE, uh, Accredited Financial Planner, um, counselor education uh, course, I guess you could say. It's a fellowship where they mm-hmm. pay for, for military spouses to get the certification. It's usually nice. several grand. Um, and, it, and, it, and they build in some extra stuff that really they don't. Uh, there's an eight week course, review course for the exam that normal, I call them normal people, right? <laughs> don't get access to. Um, so we get like almost 16 hours of like corner of court, like one on one with a financial planner that's done the exam several times. And, nice. uh, and so with that, I hope to actually have my certification here in the next maybe year, right um, which more official, but you know, I, I've been doing this for probably about 15 to 18 years, kind of on my own building right. the pieces, um, how to build a, a financially stable lifestyle in the military community. Um, mm-hmm. and succeed, you know, probably one of the biggest worries stressors that people have in the military um it's just like everybody else is is money and not having enough of it or not knowing how much money we even have right and so uh that's one of the things i I try wherever i go with the spouses club that i built or whatever i always had like little pieces and nuggets of information that i could share with people um on a wider scale Um, newer older a lot of people are like 18 years in the military and they're learning new stuff like Mm -hmm. i can to my husband's les or my wife's les like anytime i want so i can see it and check up because they don't ever do it it's like yeah you can you know and you can build your own retirement as a military mm-hmm. spouse yeah you can't not working um except you know taking care of your kids like i have been for the last uh, five years or so you can right. you can kind of put that together if you know it and a lot of time it's just uh it's a little bit of a knowledge gap mm-hmm. a little bit of a coaching gap mm-hmm. so you know, it's a knowledge versus in motivation. When they kind of come together, you can build a, a, this lifestyle that we live is crazy, but it, it, you can take some of the crazy out if you just kind of piece together a financial foundation for you and your family. And that's, that's what I try to help people do. Um, outside of that, I just volunteer a lot wherever I can. Um, you know, I, I've worked, uh, I'm, I'm an educator by trade, I guess, mm-hmm. education, education. I got my teaching certificate in a couple different states and taught economics and history. I, uh, I've worked at BX as a marketer. I've worked at uh, federal government. I worked for the U.S. Air Force for a little bit as a civilian. I've worked for the National Park Service. I've worked for uh, a whole bunch of different things. I mean, sometimes like contract work that uh, didn't even seem legit. Um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, like and uh, working in warehouses, moving airplane parts. Uh, so I, I feel like I can relate sometimes the people been a stay-at-home dad for five years for two kids mm. um efmp family you know just moving around in grade school and uh, so that that's kind of my background i know it's a little bit scattershot but that's kind of me honestly so but that, that's kind of the, the the story with a lot of spouses and i don't think a lot of people outside of the military world understand that like if you look if you find a spouse that they really enjoy getting out and working like i we end up working in some of the most random out left field from where our background is places. I mean, I've sold cars 
I have, I mean, worked for the Air Force a couple of times. I've, you know, my background's a police officer, you know, and I'm now I'm a stay-at-home dad as well. So I just, I mean, we, we're pretty much just, we do whatever <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, you kind of have to. You, you, you know, and, and people say you like put your career maybe on the back burner and uh, with, with the military spouse. And, and it's kind of true, but it, it depends on how you frame, you know, your career, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is how, right? Like, like success is a mindset, not a number. Exactly. Right? Like career kind of a mindset, not necessarily like goal of uh, 20 years, that, you know. And somebody was like, somebody said to me, they were like, well, military spouses change jobs all the time. I was like, well, everybody changes jobs all the time now. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to meet so few millennials in 20 years that have spent 20, 25 years with the same company. It's just, yeah, the, the idea it, of 30 years in a gold watch is gone. Like I mean, that is, I, that is not like most, most people, you tell most people, Hey, you know, I can't wait to get a gold watch from this place. And they look at you like, what are you even talking even, about? Even Like, you know, you're, you're a police officer background and, and like military spouses move all the time. But like, you know, police is one of the few that's in the civilian quote unquote civilian world that you could probably do 30 years and still get a pretty good pension. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's still built in, but think how often police officers move from different units to different forces from different towns because they can get a promotion or they, yep. can, you know, they come different or they can get into, you know, they can get out of night shift or whatever. Right. Like, oh, so yeah, absolutely. New, new leadership comes in. You don't like the new, new leadership, leadership. So you pick up yeah. a move, you pick up a move. They can go a town over or they can go state over, you know what I mean? So they can move over to the federal or they can move to DHS or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, so I don't know. I, I always kind of advise younger spouses that, you know, your career is kind of what you make, you know, what you make, right. Like what, you consider success is what you consider success. If it's helping people, you know, you, you don't make it, you don't, you don't have to make a ton of money. You can make a ton of money as a military spouse. If you're willing mm-hmm. to sacrifice other things, you know, yep. you've got lawyers that, you know, they, they were not hurting for money. Right. Um, but so, so that's my kind of career spiel about moving around is it, it kind of is what you make it right. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look back and you enjoyed it and you help people and you lived with a, financial foundation built through some knowledge and a little bit of time, um, then, then I don't know, you can beat yourself up all day that you never had the 30 years and had a corner office kind of situation, but I don't know how often that even happens anymore. It, it probably, it probably really doesn't. Like I, like I said, I, the idea of 30 years on a gold watch is pretty much gone. Um, but let's, let's talk, you, you've been, you mentioned it a couple of times yeah. and it came up a lot whenever I made my Facebook post looking for people that had your background, you know, something that blew me away. I didn't realize how few people understood the idea of how, and this is, I'm talking military families understood how to work a military family budget. I I guess most people, they just, they're like, well, we get paid on the first and the 15th. And all I got to do is, you know, see how much money hits the bank account and press on. And, you know, so what are some good ways that people, can build a safe military budget because as you know, sometimes we, you know, there's, you know, clothing allowance hits, or if you get a signing bonus, that signing bonus hits. And if you're not careful, that can jack your whole budget up. Cause you're like, Oh, cool. This is what my budget is, but that's not really your budget. So what's a good way for military families yeah. to build a safe budget. I mean, I'll preface it with a, a, a day-to-day budget is pretty personal because it comes down to your values. Right. Like what do you, if you want to go out all the time and eat and take out, cause that's what you just love. There's your trade-off and you got to find, and you, you know, you probably got to find other things that you don't do 
like go on vacations or go golfing so that you, you don't blow your budget on, on takeout. So a day-to-day budget. But what I think what's different about military spouse and military family budgets that can be a little bit different is that you have to plan for a lot of weirdly unexpected things, right? Like extra money that you may have earned or not have earned, right? So the first thing, uh, and I, I had this post about it too, and maybe you can throw a link to it or something, um, to explain exactly how to do it is, is so important every month to check the LES and see what is going on, right? Like, so you have your budget, but it's built off of your cash flow coming in. <laughs> you start with how much money is coming in every month, and then you can build your outflow so it's balanced and you can hit your goals, what you need to save or what you want to save or what you want to spend or what you need to spend. So checking that LES. Now, now as a spouse, it's difficult because we all think, well, we got to ask our spouse, well, either they share their password with you, which they can do, or you have to have them printed off mm-hmm. every month to you, which may or may not happen. And then you have to look at it. But if they create that personalized pin for you, you can go in and check it yourself. And you do that through the MyPay webpage. That, they actually have to do it through the MyPay webpage. Mm-hmm. So the active duty member, you have to get them to do it one time. They have to go in and they have to create a unique pin just for their spouse. Their spouse is the only one that can use it. And then the spouse can go into MyPay. And what that does is it does not allow the spouse to change anything. So you cannot change allotments. You can't do anything, but you can see and print what's going on in the LES. And like you said, why that's important is because uh, two things. One, extra money can appear. You don't know if it's there on purpose like housing allowance, like a like a clothing allowance, or a, or a moving allowance, or or a, or a TDY disbursement, or a separation pay. Um, personal story: My wife went TDY, and they gave a separation pay. Okay, which is a bump of like two hundred fifty dollars a month or something. Forgot to turn it off for like two years. Oh, so they suddenly said, "We need that money back." Like, yep. We're like, holy smokes, that's like a lot of money. We, she was like a young lieutenant. We like looked at the budget and she worked out a payment plan and they were able to take it out over like a year, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. We like paid back like 200, 300, 300 some dollars every month for like a year to pay it back. Then another time she signed up for a retention bonus that got all the way up to wing command level signed off on that she was retained. Uh, and it turned out that there was an addendum one of the pages that you had to check to make sure that they qualify. And she was three months short of two years in service to Mm -hmm. sign up for. So on that one, they rolled the money into our TSP Mm -hmm. direct bonus. We put it into our TSP because we didn't really need the money at the time. Well, lo and behold, they did not eat. She set up a reimbursement thing. We're going to pay it out, whatever. Mm -hmm. A month later, they just went into our TSP, cashed it out, took it. Yep. So then it threw it all into the IRS that we had had a disbursement out of our TSP. It wrecked our income tax for like two and a half years. Jeez. It was, so those are situations that if you're checking your LES, now that one was a little bit weird because we thought everything was on the up and up, but we, right. you know, the over thing will happen to you. And so you can check that LES, which will allow you to know what is going on from month to month. Uh, one month, my wife got a, a nuke officer pay. She's in medical. Right. So what is this? She got with deep, like, and so what you can do in your budget is you have your, your, how I like to think of it is you should have your budget set up in such a way 
that you spend 70% of your pay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You save 20% of your pay, whether in TSP or an IRA or in a long-term saving to build up your safety net. And then you can have that extra 10% to uh, have fun, donate to charity, um, do whatever you need to do with it. It's a little bit of a buffer. Right. I mean, a lot of people donate to charity and that's where that can come from. They tithe their church, they get 10%. They, um, they like to go and, you know, do something nice for their community or whatever. That's your 10%. So within that budget, if you're working on 70%, you have your LES, you know exactly how much money you're making every month. And if it changes drastically, then you should dig into why. Um, because there's, so a little bit of history, the Congress back in 2009 tried to pass a law saying that the, government had some limitations on who and how they could reclaim overpayment mm-hmm. and it, it got passed, never made it out of committee. It's a shame because what it did was it didn't, it does not protect military members. So a lot of people don't understand that if you are overpaid any amount at any time. They can notice it. when they do their audit at the end of the fiscal year, it could sit in your account. If you spend it, they're going to want it back right away. Mm-hmm. If every month something drops, <laughs> Like you got your clothing allowance one month and then you got your clothing allowance the next month. Then you got your clothing allowance the next month. And you said, man, look at this free money. By the fourth month, they could say, we want those other two payments back and we're going to take them. You don't have an option right now. Yep. And that could be your whole paycheck. And suddenly it's just, so what I would suggest is you have how much you get paid as your basic allowance, like your, your pay. What I always suggest is anything over it, like live off of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anything over that rolls into the 20% that you're going to save. It isn't free, especially if it's a mistake. But even if it's not a mistake, let's say you get a retention bonus. Um, You, you know, you get an extra three grand because you signed up for an extra year. You know, don't put that into the 20% that you're saving. Now you can be saving for a vacation. You can be saving for an emergency fund, or you can be saving for your retirement, or you can be saving for a rainy day, but put it in there, especially if you don't know where it's coming from, because then you'll have it in case the military pulls it back. Um, we've we learned that early on that you don't just, you have to like kind of plan for that, that craziness. Um, and I'll tell you what, that, that's a lot more common than people realize because it's happened to us too. When my, when my wife came back from her first deployment, they forgot to turn off that she was back stateside. So like a lot of that extra pay and the tax free stuff that happens while you're deployed, yeah. that still went on for a few months. And she kept going to finance. I was like, Hey, this isn't right. This isn't right. And finance was like, Oh, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. Well, whenever they finally fixed it, they went, Oh, by the way. And they, this was one of the things that was just like, no heads up, got our next LDS. We're like, um, this is like a quarter of what, the normal paycheck is like, Oh yeah. All that extra, all that stuff that we forgot to turn off. We took it back on this check. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, again, no, no heads up, no nothing. We, we, we went from this amount of money for one paycheck to here you go. This is what you got for the next two weeks. And thankfully I was working and making pretty good money at the time. Cause otherwise that would have hurt. Well, and, and, and that's part of the, you know, it's one of those things that really gets people into trouble. Now, if you're sitting $20,000 in high, you know, high interest debt, Right. You should, you should, first off, you should go to your uh, AFRC or your um, fleet and family services or whatever you may be with your military service and go and talk to their financial uh, MFLAC they have there. They got a financial planner, uh, like what I'm training to do mm-hmm. at every base, at least one. Some bases have like 12 if you're like at a big army base. 
and they will meet with you for free and help you look through your finances and teach you um, as many times as you need for free in person. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing, just it's priceless uh, thing that they give the military has given us right now. But, you know, if you're, of course, if you're in super long-term debt or something like that, you know, like you can, you need to make sure you're trying to work your way out of that. But the biggest thing for military people, and it's for everybody, but you got to go and find like a, a long-term savings account separate from your checking account. You know, I, I like to use, you know, there's Synchrony, there's Marcus, not that I'm endorsing any of these people, but they're like that kind of idea online, yeah. easy to use. You know, you're not getting a ton of interest for anything, but it's separate from your checking. So you're not going to be tempted to spend it easily and just start moving money little by little into there uh, until you have like you did. Like, well, luckily you had a little bit of coverage for your income. But, you know, if you're on a one income family, which a lot of military people are, because mm-hmm. spouses have a hard time finding a lot of paid income, Um my my advice is is at a minimum have one paycheck sitting there just in case, just in case the military like there was a guy I don't remember his name there was a guy in the Facebook group and he his wife didn't get paid yep right before a long weekend yep I remember that it was, they messed it up they messed it up and then everybody went the pay 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 went home they he didn't get paid and so you're like well that like think of it, that can happen like that can happen. And, and you have two alternate, you have two options. If, if payoffs is not there because it's a long weekend, you do not get paid and your mortgage or your rent is due. Mm-hmm. You, you really have two options. One is throw it on a credit card, which is a dangerous precedent uh, because it, it can start to pile up high, high interest that you have a really hard time getting out from under. Or you got that one paycheck. That should be your, your goal. One paycheck. Not like a whole month's pay. I mean, a lot of people say three months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the military is a real stable organization. Like, you're not going to get probably get fired tomorrow, right? So, like, that safety net where people say, oh, you got to have six months in your emergency fund. I know this is kind of, like, complicated with budgeting, but that scares a lot of people. In the military, in my personal opinion, is that's way too much to have in your savings account. Unless you have a distinct plan to use it for something, right? Like, right. buying a house years or in a year um you know but you should have at least one les statement one half month's pay mm-hmm. just in case the military does something screwball and and one of the if they overpay you that's the perfect time to put it in there perfect you know and if you get a big bonus it, it, it's a perfect time to put it in there because you weren't hopefully you weren't really expecting it necessarily. Like you, you know, if you wanted to go on a big vacation, okay. You know, maybe put a little bit in there and then put the vacation, go on a vacation with your kids. Or if you were, you know, buying a car, you need a new car. Um, Chris, I would say, you know, the easiest way to save money is driving an old car. Um, but that's not for everybody. So, you know, I, I would recommend um, with a budget, you know, the day-to-day is pretty hard because the day-to-day is very personal for people. But the big goal is, you know, spend less than you make. And then as you know, as quickly, if you don't have it, as quickly as you can, get that one, go on that LES, set it up, find out what one two-week pay period is for basic pay, and try and get that into a long-term savings. And, and, and that should be your goal um, because then you can cover – so much, you know, like if you don't get paid one week, you know, or, or there's a government shutdown. I mean, right. how many times in your, in your life, I mean, in your career with your spouses, they've threatened this government shutdown and they're going to, they're going to threaten it again in October. 
Yeah, it, it, that's one of those things that used to be unheard of, and now it's it's to the point now where I'm almost happened, numb to it because it's happened so yeah, much. It happened the first time we were in the Azores, so like 2012 or something, mm-hmm. and it's happened four times since then. I think this may be the fourth time coming in October where they're just, you know, the military. There's no guarantee you're going to get paid, mm-hmm. uh, and at least not right away. And you know, if you don't have that, if you don't have that emergency savings set up in such a way to cover you for a little bit of time um you know what what if you know people don't think about it but what if there's a government shutdown and it takes them five days to pay you? well if you got all your bills set up to come out in the first five days of the month you suddenly busted four or five payments which can get you into un unbelievable amounts of uh issues really quickly Oof. um just just because you know you 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 didn't take the time now to set up for that happening, the eventuality of that happening sometime in the next, you know, two to five years. Right. So people can start right now. You know, the, the biggest thing is, is learn how much money your spouse is making, you know, and if they don't want you to learn how much they're making, and then that's probably a conversation you should have too. Um, yeah, but they have, they, they have counselors to help you with that conversation too. Yeah. <laughs> people that have your conversation with, you know, you have a real serious problem with sharing money. Um, and, and some people do advocate setting up separate accounts. You know, if there's a, if there's an issue with somebody spending too much or not saving enough, some people can, and that kind of leads us into the next kind of thing that, that we were going to discuss, which was, uh, you know, where else, what else can you do with that savings, right? If, you, if you're setting it up so much that you can winnow your month to month budget down your bills and your fund expenses down to 70% of your income, that leaves you 30% of your income to, save and or donate and or have fun with so your living expenses are 70 percent as food insurance everything you need you got your 30 percent which sounds like a lot but you can work your way down you know if you're spending 100 percent, if you're spending more than 100 percent of your income then you really should go and talk to a financial counselor 100 probably <laughs> um if you're spending 100 percent of your income and your budget is balanced every month you probably should still talk to a financial counselor because there's almost no breathing room there. And you are like one small blip of income going one way or the other away from just, you can get yourself in trouble pretty quick. But if you, you know, if you're, you're saving 5% in your TSP um, and they're matching that, you know, then you, you can work your way down, like put one more, what 1%, like put your 5% away and then put 1% into your savings account. And then, you know, in a couple months, two percent in and it was explained to me is is just like dieting or lifting weights right like you lift weights oh yeah the idea with with savings is that you do something drastic you're gonna get hurt and you're gonna quit just like lifting weights if i went down and put 375 on a bar first off i wouldn't move it but i'd hurt myself (laughs) so you want to you want to add just a little bit of pressure over the amount of time that you can handle so that it just causes you just the tiniest amount of pain. Mm-hmm. So you deny yourself or you, or you say like, I can go on this vacation instead of this cruise so that you can turn the dial slowly so that over five, 10 years, right? Like it's like lifting weights. You don't get up to 500 like in an afternoon. It takes 10, 12 years of consistent progressive loading, right? I mean, you Absolutely. can, you can, I don't know what the fastest somebody went from 250 to 500 was probably a couple of years. And that means they are gifted and, and probably a little enhanced as well, but <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people do with finances, they enhance it. And then the IRS right. usually, but, uh, 
but so, you know, like, don't think you got to do it tomorrow, but with your budget, try to, you know, if you're not there yet, know that everybody can do it. Everybody, they can, everybody in the military certainly because the military is paying you, right? You have income. So if you have income, you can figure out ways, there's skills and tricks and ways to kind of turn that dial half a percent, maybe this month, half a percent, next half percent, you know, so you're saving an extra $25 every paycheck. I can tell you one you know, thing that helped out my wife and I a lot whenever we first really started getting serious about our budget is we sat down and we, we, we pulled up our bank app and we wrote down every single time that we went out to eat, every single time that we made some random stop at like a gas station and bought snacks or whatever, everything we bought from Amazon that wasn't like a necessity, just like all, all those little, all those little buy it now things that you don't think about, like all the Starbucks stuff. Yeah. And if I think if people did that, it would honestly either a, they'd be embarrassed by how much money they spend that they'd not realize they're spending or B it would scare them. If they're like, yeah. if they're like, I can't save money, but then they look at it and they go, Oh, I spent $500 in two weeks on going out to eat. Yep. And and, and there, there's your one, there's, there's even, you know, dial that back to 250. There's your 1% that you can dial back. Yeah. It's uh, and, and you know, that's, that's kind of what I was talking about. Like the day-to-day things that are real personal because that comes down to your values and, mm-hmm. and even calling it a budget is tricky because a budget is like, people think a budget is like me telling you how you should spend right. your money. And it really isn't a budget. It's like a personal financial roadmap. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's so that the numbers can, because a lot of people have problem with math. The numbers in a budget should be set up in such a way that they talk to you where your values lie, mm-hmm. where you want to trade your, your time for money and then trade your money for stuff and things is where you need to figure out your budget. And, and, and that's a personal thing that, that, that's where counselors can come in. You're a counselor. You're not an advisor. You're not a do it for you. Right. They might have some tricks and skills, but they're a counselor. Just like a marriage counselor helps married couples, helps them navigate their marriage and they, their issues are personal to them. A financial counselor, can they can send you templates. They can do all this stuff, but really it comes down to the person thinking through where their values lie, right? Like the person that might be uh, $10,000 in debt and credit card debt and they're given 10% to their church, right? That happens. Mm-hmm. And that's a tricky one because where do you values lie? I mean, a, a financial advisor is going to say, you need to, you need to cut that tithing out and pay this debt down because that's right. the most financially sound advice you can get. But for a person's values, their budget needs that 10% in there. Right. And some people need to go out, stay sane. Some people need a gym membership. A, a gym membership to me, I mean, the road is free mm-hmm. and I got bricks if you want, you know, you lift some, right. Like I can be like Arnold putting brick walls up and taking them down and build them again. And, right. and so, but that's where the day to day is tough, but you're right for, for about three years, give or take, I tracked, uh, it, because we were building it and I was learning, this was, this was a decade ago. I did it. I had an Excel sheet and mm-hmm. every time I spent money, I had a stack of receipts and every time we spent money, I wrote down what it was. And what it went to, how much it was. And at the end of the month, we tallied it up and they're we like, holy smokes, you know, this it is adds up quick. Way. Um, it can add up really quick and you cut one, you know, I mean, people talk about the coffee thing and, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm a huge adherent to like, you cut Starbucks out and you save $200 a month or something, but some people can. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know, that's, that's one of those things that, it, you know, if you're struggling setting up your roadmap, you know, talking to a counselor, maybe you really need that Starbucks coffee. Like that's your thing that like keeps you mentally balanced in this lifestyle we're in. But then maybe like there's something else, right? Maybe there's something else that you can, there probably is it's something else that you can kind of trade that value set for the other one so that you can start dialing up and putting some money away for uh, the inevitable uh, re- reclamation from the DOD um, right. or, or other things, you know, your car breaks or, or um, you know, it's it, they call it an emergency fund because it's kind of emergencies, but again, emergencies is very personal. Um, and, and luckily the military, we have a built-in safety net that you break your leg and we just go, well, I don't have to pay a dime. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like that is a huge safety net for, for us as a, as a population to be able to build up some foundation while we have this safety net. Um, that's the other thing about budgets is, is they evolve over time, but they should stick with you over time. And you might not always be in the military with all the benefits that we have. And so building a foundation while you have those benefits, even a little one can just pay dividends uh, down the road. Um, I I think that's actually a a great segue into the next thing that we had said we were going to talk about, which is how can spouses begin planning for retirement when they're not, when they they have difficulty finding employment? Well, uh, you know, the the first thing is um, don't assume that, you know, I've always had this mantra and, and I'm probably learning from my dad was never take a rank for granted. <laughs> mm. Like you're E3, you're an O2. Don't be like, Oh, it's just a ro- It's just, it's just a stepping stone to get to E4 or O3. Like, nah, I didn't guarantee. <laughs> right. You know, O4 is not guaranteed. E6 is not guaranteed. Something can happen. You can get hurt. You can get in trouble. You can get, you know, a bad career move. You can get a bad commander. You can get, uh, you can just hate it. You know, you, you, your life can fall apart and you can decide military or my family and my life. And I've known people that have gone both ways with that decision. Um, so, so like, don't think 20 years in a retirement is going to be like the golden ticket. That's just always there for everybody. I don't remember the numbers, but when the BRS came out, which is the blended retirement system, right. which is fantastic. By the way, don't let anybody tell you it isn't. Um, enlisted force, I want to say it was something like 87% didn't make it to 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the officer's side was was higher. It was like 52%, 53%, 60%, like that didn't make it to 20. Right. And in the old system, that meant you were, you know, you know, welcome to the veterans club. Here's the VA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you get a month of the BX. Right. Right. So now at least our active duty members are getting at least something put in their TSP, 1% of their basic. They can go up to another four and the military will match that four, which is, which is amazing benefit. And every active duty person should do that right away because I, I ran the numbers when it first came out and in, in a brand new, like E1 coming in, um, put in that 4%. Which would boost them up to nine percent. You can put them up to nine percent in their TSP, and they contributed just that over a six-year enlisted enlistment, mm-hmm. which is pretty standard. I mean, I think, and uh, some people don't make it to six, but a lot of people do. And uh, then don't touch it because you'll be penalized if you do. You 
that person at 60 would have like $150,000 at a very reasonable percent for the market going up. Um, and, and so you think about that a minute, you're going to put in a few hundred bucks <laughs> way back when you're 18. Right. You're going to get out at like 24 and you're going to live your life. And then that military service is going to, I mean, now, now that's probably not enough to like literally live off of, but it's way more than you would have gotten in the old system, which would have been zero. Yeah. Which, which would have been absolutely nothing. Which would have been nothing, um, but some good memories and maybe a letter from the commander. And then, you know, so, so it, it really does. Uh, there's a lot of added in. Then you have this bonus in the middle of your career, which you can boost your TSP or you can, you know, pay off some debts or you can set up your co- kid's college fund or, you know, there's some, there's some really great parts to this BRS. And, and if you make it to 20, you still get 40% of your, your retirement, which uh, can be, can be a considerable sum. So now on the spouse side of things, you know, it, it gets, there's, there's a lot of experts out there. So, you know, people are concerned about it, um, especially when it comes to military retirement and how that plays into a spouse, there's survivor benefits program, which you have to pay into so that if your spouse pass away before you do when you're retired, you can keep their retirement benefits. And they should, you know, people should look into that. Um, and they do, they have to do it at taps when people are retired. Um, but in the real moment right now, one of the best things people can do, and a lot of people don't realize it, is that a spouse can open a retirement account in their name for them. Um, and it can be funded from the working spouse's uh, income. And if you, you, have, you have really two options, you have an, a traditional IRA, which is not a 401k. That's, that's from like a big 401ks are administered by like government and companies, right? right. And that's a system. You got to do that through my pay. But an IRA is you open it and you administer it through a brokerage firm or, or a bank. Um, I don't offer necessarily endorsement, but I can say that I've used Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles Schwab, all of them work great. They're all super helpful. You call them up on the phone and they'll help you set the whole dang thing up, talk you through it. All you really need is you need uh, your name. uh, You need a social security number, um, which if you don't have that, that's something to work on. Um, You should, uh, and, and you need somebody to fund it that you are married to who is paying taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have those kind of three things, you can open an account and your name, it'll be your account. Um, and you can up to $6,000 a calendar year. Uh, and you can fund the previous year, uh, I believe up to a certain date, which will probably pass. But, um, and if you choose an IRA, it will come out of your taxable income, just like a TSP. So it will bring your tax income down. So if you're, um, which, is, which is a pretty big benefit. So an IRA means that you, a traditional IRA means that you put money in um, before your tax. It lowers your taxes right now. But then when you pull that money out in retirement, it will be taxed at whatever your taxes in retirement, mm-hmm. which uh is a good way to do it for a lot of people because you get an added boost the whole time it's in there um, of not paying taxes on it up front. So it'll lower your tax, your spouse's taxing, which people like to see. People like to pay less taxes. And that's a really good way to do it. Um, and, and you can do that every year your spouse works. Um, it, I've had one I, I contribute to for me personally uh, that 
I haven't worked in five years and it's been funded every year. I haven't worked. And that's my, my retirement. And it, you know, and there's you know, the, a lot of financial side of things. There's like the good sense. And then there's like the good feelings and the motivation of it. And, and, and it adds a lot of credence to what we're doing as military spouses that, um, you know, that, that we have that in our name, that is kind of our retirement, you know, that follows us around mm-hmm. and that we can add to. Um, and, you know, you can use bonuses or you can use, you know, birthday money. You can use anything you want to fund it up to 6,000. And the yeah. other one that, that I, I advocate for, you can open as a Roth. Uh, that's, that's another side of Roth IRA. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say everybody, everybody should have one um, because there's, there's really, there's three super cool reasons to have it. Um, is one. Um, now it's just like an IRA. You put, $6,000 in every year up to that. And they raise it and they, every year they try to. And, but uh, now it's post-tax, so it won't lower your tax bill right now. But every dollar you put into it and all the dollars that those dollars make when you invest it comes out tax-free. And that's why we did it. <laughs> yeah, so it makes a lot of sense because it, it's, it, it can give you some flexibility in retirement tax-free. I mean, and there's examples of like, uh, what's the guy, uh, uh, Spiel? Uh, no. Uh, the guy that invented uh, PayPal, um, and he, oh, he the, guy owns, of, the guy that owns the Mavericks. Um, he and he, he put a bunch of his own stock in. He had stock options for like fifteen cents for PayPal. He put it all in his TS, his, uh, his Roth IRA. Now he's got like six billion dollars in their yeah. tax. <laughs> so there's examples like that. But the best thing you can do is, um, and, and this is not my personal advice. This comes from a lot of smart people. Warren Buffett being one of them is is just buy a general market ETF or mutual fund put money in regularly don't take money out until you really need it um which brings me to the other benefit of a roth a lot of people don't understand is every dollar you put in there after a certain amount of time of putting it in there and owning that account you can pull every dollar you put in back out tax-free in case you need it so you can use it like an emergency fund it's a little bit complicated because it takes a little bit more effort to get it out which is kind of good for some people's emergency funds. So you don't buy it as an emergency. Like, like I really like a new motorcycle. Um, but you can put money into a TSB and this is getting a little bit in the weeds. And, and then like five years later, you know, you have a huge emergency and you have put $15,000 into it. And that investment has made $15,000 because of the market growth. You cannot touch the second 15, but the first 15, you can pull out tax-free and spend how you see fit. And leave the earnings in there to just keep on keeping on until retirement, until 60, right? And then the last one, the last reason is there are really cool rules if you are a first-time home buyer. So if you're in the military and you've been renting, you've been living on base, all stuff for decades. Which, <laughs> you go so, out and many, buy, which so many of us have. <laughs> right? You have bought, if you have not bought that house yet, your first home, your down payment can come out of those earnings tax. So that's pretty cool. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's some really cool rules about now, now make sure you're doing it right. Like you should qualify. Right. I'm for not sure. trying to advice. <laughs> they're trying to prove their tax. So you probably want to talk to um, the big, the biggest thing is whoever you have your account with, call them up. Mm-hmm. They're really cool. They're really like Vanguard fidelity. They, they're, their customer service is one of the things that they've been trying to sell because it's something that they can try and differentiate themselves because all the accounts are essentially the same. They just give you access to this program where then you can buy, uh, you know, you can put your money into different uh, vehicles, as we call them, to try and earn interest. It can be super, super low interest on super, super safe. 
um, not something I'd recommend, but, or it can be a super, super good balanced mutual fund. What I, what I generally tell people is look for something either that is like total market, like the whole stinking market. So what you're saying is that the U.S. economy and the world economy is going to keep growing, which is why we invest, is that we want to make money when the economy grows. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't think, as I told my friend, I was like, well, you either think the economy is going to keep growing or you think the entire capitalist system that we have built in America is going to end. And if that's the case, you should not invest in the stock market. You should buy guns and cans of beans. Right. We're in for some very weird times. So every time the, the market has crashed, the economy has come back because of good guidance. Some people debate that. And through our capitalist ingenuity, new companies come along and they grow and they make more money. And you have invested because of a wide swath. You, you know, don't pick one stock company and think it's a really good idea and put all your money into it because it could be a good idea, but more often not, it's, it's not, you're not as smart as you think you are. And so buy all the whole market, right? And then if the market goes up, um, which it invariably will over time, it has every 30 year period going back to 1870, the U.S. stock market has increased everyone. You take any year and you go out 30 years, the, the best year, 30 years, and it has increased from that best year. So if you give yourself a time frame of, of 20 to 30 years in, in retirement, you will end up with more money. It's just a mathematic or we will end up driving Mad Max cars uh, with, you know, flamethrowers mounted on top. Those, those are your, kind of your two options. Either the economy will continue to grow or I have to prepare my basement for um, like roving bands of uh, criminals. I mean, don't get me wrong. Having a Mad Max car with a flamethrower would be cool. But yeah, I pre- it, but I would prefer to have money but, in retirement than not have to re- rely on uh, it is becoming a ravenger. It is. It is an option, and I do. I think I know some people that have uh, have that as a plan one B. Is like the you know the safe room full of uh, MREs. Um, <laughs> well, for for just, legal reasons, I cannot disclose if I know any people that. <laughs> <laughs> partake in Which those not, activities investment thesis but uh you know I'm, I'm more of an optimist because i've seen that it works and it's worked for hundreds of years uh um that companies that you can buy pieces of those companies little pieces and, and those companies keep growing and some fail kodak people forget kodak um but and the new ones come up apple uh, and they take their place and then just keeps on boiling along but then there's another great product out there for retirement that you can get this ira you, you put your money in and and they almost every single investment house, if they do not have this, you, you should probably find a new one. Um, it's called a target date fund. And what you do is you do a little math. You find out how old you are and you subtract that number from uh, 60 and you find out how much time you have. And, and, and then you add that to what year it is and you find out what year you're going to turn 60. Uh, if you cannot do that math, I think there's calculators online. But you buy into that mutual fund that is designed in such a way, very smartly, to invest more risky, i.e. more in stock market when you're young, and then mm. evolve to being a safer investment, more cash, more bonds, theoretically, as you get old. The TSP has it. I think they're defaulted into that now. Um, I think that the military, when they come in, it defaults them in the TSP. It used to be, this was a broken part of the system that I used to advocate against, that when you started your TSP, it defaulted to government bonds, mm. which for starting out meant that you were just, you were losing money hand over fist to the market. And so I advocated that they change that. And 
it was not because of me, but thankfully somebody listened. And uh, now when you, you start your TSP, it defaults to your target date retirement fund. So when you are able to pull it out tax-free, that's when your fund is revolving to essentially be the most uh, safe versus income producing. Let's put it that way. So a spouse can do the same thing. Mimic that, you know, step-by-step you uh, first, you got to find out that you can save a few dollars for you, right? Cause you're worth it. And then you go to, uh, you Google uh, Vanguard or Fidelity or Charles Schwab and you open an account. It's pretty easy. Not this phone number you call and then just open an IRA or a Roth IRA. There isn't, there's benefits to both. Um, if you're confused about which one, you can talk to an MFLAC, a financial counselor. You can go on Military One Source. You can um, listen to this podcast. You can right. message me. I don't care. Um, and then you just fund that account and you'd be surprised. You, there's calculators online that it's called compound interest. And compound interest is just you put money in and that money, those, those shares, they earn money. Uh, and with that earned money, they buy more shares. And with those more shares, they earn more money. And that more money buys more shares. And it just keeps on rolling for years and years and years. And, uh, you know, at the first, it will look like a little tiny bit. But then somewhere around year 15, it'll start to look like a lot more. And then by like year, if you can do it, if you're young enough, by like year 35, it can look like a ton of money. And then if you can do it, uh, it can, it, it's one of the reasons Warren Buffett is so rich is because he's so old. Uh, something like 80% of his wealth was generated by him after the age of 65. So he was no, very Nobody rich. knew who Warren Buffett was until he like turned 70. Yeah, because of compound, the way his compound interest works at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, he was earning like 15, 20%, which means he was doubling his money like every like four years. But you double $100, you only have 200. Mm-hmm. But then you keep doubling that every four years for 40 years and you've doubled it 10 times and a hundred dollars is like $10 million. Well, but even he's, even he said, and I don't remember the exact quote, but it definitely stuck with me. He's like, the reason why nobody's rich is because everybody wants to be rich tomorrow. Nobody wants to play the long game. Yep. That, that's like yep. his biggest, like if you listen to anything he says, that's his biggest piece of advice is patience. Yeah. Patience. And stop, uh, stop looking for the magic pill or the scratch off ticket or whatever you think is going to get you rich tomorrow and be patient. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, time is probably one of the most powerful things you have. And uh, time is also one of the only things that is kind of priceless because you can't buy more of it. You exactly. can always make more, you know, you can always make more money. You can always get another job, but you can't get back those 10 years of your life that you neglected to do the things you wanted to do. Um, you know, and he has a real famous one expression about the market is that in the short term, it's a casino mm-hmm. and a casino, the house that wins in the long term, it's a weighing machine in that the, the, the greatness of it will come out on top over time, but you got to give it time. Right. And so that, that the two things is, is give it time, but take action now. It's kind of confusing because you, you got to start, which means you got to take action now. Like start building your budget, start digging into LES, start looking at a retirement. And then let that budget play out for a year, 24 months. And then let that retirement play out for decades. And, and the end result uh, can, be, can be pretty amazing. Um, 
so startling almost, honestly. Uh, and the one last thing about a Roth that's kind of cool is that it, just in case people are thinking of this and, and you have one, so you might not know this, is it's exceedingly easy to use it as a, a way to fund your kids' uh, future as well. So if a lot of retirement savings like IRAs and traditional IRAs and 401ks, they mandate that that money be spent when you're alive. Hmm. <laughs> and if you die, it will be mandated that it, it, your kids must pull it out and pay taxes on it. Roths do not work like that because the taxes were already paid. Right. So there are interesting things that you can do to roll those into the next generation. Um, just, just FYI. But, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of people get kind of wrapped up in the details of it. But, um, you know, plan for that rainy day. Try to work yourself down to spending 70% of your income, which you open your LES, find out how much you get paid, multiply it by 0.7, and there's your budget. Whatever's left over, that could go into to a savings vehicle, which to begin with should be a long-term savings account, a bank. And then from there, you can start making it work. Because um, a lot of people get into a lot of trouble when something comes up, like the military decides to take $4,000 back tomorrow and they don't have it and suddenly they're going to go two paychecks without any money mm-hmm. and the, the military doesn't have a whole lot of compassion dod DFAS. you know they, they, you can try and you can set up a payment plan but that just means you're going to stretch that four grand out over a year maybe two maybe usually it's a year that's what they're going to give you so you know so so if, you know if anybody's out there that's kind of like struggling um there's a lot of resources out there for you to go get some one-on-one personal help and if you're doing pretty good, um, you know, you're not in that remedial stage, you, you, you're surviving. I think a lot of military people are kind of in that, like they're doing okay. You know, like, I mean, we get paid pretty well and we get a TSP and we get healthcare and we get housing allowance and clothing. And, you know, a lot of people can make it, make it work if they kind of just get the tools in place to make it work. And then there's a few people that are just doing, you know, they're doing, they're doing the most, man. But, uh, <laughs> a little extra. So I, 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 I've kind of seen both sides of it. Um, my parents didn't, uh, didn't have a lot of financial education and, and thankfully my, my dad had a really good job, but even after the Marine Corps and he was able to earn his way out of, uh, you know, not having that financial education. Um, so, cause they didn't have, you know, they didn't have a TSP. They didn't have a, uh, they certainly didn't have a guy or a lady who's an expert waiting for free Come talk to them anytime they need to at their AFRC. Um, so I can't, I can't tell you how much, if you, if you want to get ahead or you feel like you're behind, go and talk to that person. You know, don't, I think it's something like 80% of Americans go an entire year without talking to another person about finances, you know, and that's like, you know, that's like going a whole year without, you know, I don't know what they do, but I'm sure there are people that go a year without talking to anybody about their health. You know, and it, it, you string a few years like that together and you start getting in a bad place. Um, and so don't be, you know, the, these counselors, they've seen it all. You're not the worst, I promise, because I've known some of them. They tell me, you know, not like giving away information, but sure. it's just unbelievable what some people think is a good idea. And so, uh, but, you know, they think it's a good idea because of the way that their their mind works. And so um, get into the AFRC, talk to that financial counselor. They will be glad to sit down with you build your roadmap, build your budget, get into the nitty gritty, you know, uh, kind of help you out and 
just know that, you know, you can save. Everybody can. Um, you can build a retirement for yourself as a spouse that will follow you and, and can fund your retirement. God willing, something crazy happens or just to give you that, that little bit that lets you know that, you know, you are uh, a contributing person in the team. Um, so that, that's kind of my, my final pitch is just uh, go to the AFRC, you know, military one source. They got people that'll chat with you, talk with you, but there's nothing like sitting down at a table with a person who knows what they're knows what they're talking about and knows what they're going through has training and counseling. Um, it's like marriage counseling. You, you don't have to be like swinging at each other to go talk to them. You can be doing okay and just want to get a little bit ahead. Um, there's, there's, there's preventative, there's preventative counseling too. Um, you know, it's not everybody's remedial. Uh, so, so if, if anybody's listening, you know, listen to this, there, you got, resources that are free to military people before it's too late or before too much time has gone by in your life, get in there and talk to somebody and, and get it set up. Um, there's some really cool stuff you can do to, that's uh, worthwhile to build a foundation. So anyway, my big thing is, uh, this has always been my goal. You know, I, I take the Forrest Gump goal, right. you know, there's a scene where he's, uh, uh, opening his mail and he, he's got this letter and it's got like the Apple letterhead on it. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, uh, Lieutenant Dan bought some share of a fruit company and, <laughs> and now I never have to worry about money again. Right. And he just gets that mentality of like, well, it's one less thing. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he never really worried about it to begin with. But, uh, and then he, he says, you know, because I like doing it so much and because I was a gazillionaire, they let me cut the grass for free. And that's what he did. Right. So like, that's always been my mentality of my goal of success was that even if it was even just so I could be in control, I didn't have to worry about money. Like I still do, but I don't have to. Right. And that was all. Um, and, and thankfully through 15 years of learning and uh, been able to set it up in such a way that, you know, I, I don't, I don't have to worry necessarily day to day that some bill is going to bounce or something it happens. But um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's kind of my spiel. So. Well, I dig it, man. Um, I promised you an hour. We are just over an hour, but we, we recorded for an hour. Yeah. So, Mike, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. That was a lot of really, really good information. This is going. I'm, I'm really excited for the people to listen to this. I'm going to put some of the links to Military One Source, and I'm going to look up some of the other. I, I, I speak Air Force fluently, so I know we got the MFLAC at the AFRC. I'm going to look up some of the other branches and see what they got and put those down in the show notes. Um, or if you have them, you can email them to me, and I'll put them in the, uh, the show notes. Probably the best thing you can do is in military one source. Okay. Let me go to it. So I don't make sure they have, a, a, it's a, it's a resource like lookup. Okay. So you type in your base, make sure I'm, I'm pointing in the right direction. You put in your base and you look for what resource you want, which is financial mm-hmm. counsel. And they will tell you where it is, phone number, all kinds of stuff. They'll probably link to it. It's like a, like a search function i don't think people realize like i i've seen on you know as as long as as long as we've been living this lifestyle i have seen military one source pop up time and time again i think people discount it because it gets thrown around so much but it legitimately is a one-stop shop for just about anything you need 
So, and there's a cheat sheet for it because it's so much now that it's almost getting this thing that DOD likes to do, which is throw so many reset people, the resources, they don't even use them because it's like confusing. But at the bottom of the page, you go to their webpage, go to the bottom, there's installation program directory. Okay. And it's like a search function and it has everything you can imagine from adult education to automotive services, beauty, barbershop, chapels, commissary, dental clinics, Household good, TMO, cheese, uh, like everything, loan closet, all these weird things, everything you got. And you can go in here and there is uh, uh, financial, where is it? Let me see if I can find it. Okay, FMP, EA, youth programs, victim advocate, everything's it. Jesus. Personal financial management services. That's what it's called. EFMS. Okay, you select that. It looks like this. Can you see that? Is it like yep. doing some kind of weird probe? And then you just type in your installation right here. And so, like, just as an example. Or your unit, I'm guessing. So let's do, like, 75th. Why is it not coming up? All right, we'll do my old books. You click it. That was weird that I'm showing you. But like, there it is. Bam, right there. But that's awesome. Everything, yeah, it's got all it's got all the information for it right there. It's got their hours, mm-hmm. it's got their website, email, the, every phone number you could ever want, address where it is, a map to it. I mean, and you can do that for like every single thing that you could ever want in the military. It will have their contact, travel offices, VA facilities, veteran services, victim advocate, welcome centers. I mean, like. It's kind of an amazing little directory. I mean, it's for the whole DOD worldwide. And then the other thing is if you go to the very bottom, they got like this little list for their website. Sorry, I got you kind of sideways. And it looks like, let me, I don't know if I can do this. Let me turn you around like this. It looks like this at the bottom. Can you uh-huh. see this? Right there is called sitemap. Right? If you click that, let me show you what it does before we go. This is so I can preach my gospel helping people out. What's <laughs> that? This brings up everything on Military One Source, broken down, all of it. Here's all your confidential help. Here's all your military life cycle stuff, getting started, deployment, separation. Here's all your education stuff. This is all the stuff Military One Source will help you with. Here's all your financial, tax resource, legal. Here's all the guard stuff. Okay, it's like, it's like so much stinking stuff, right? Like it's, it's unbelievable what they can do. Here it all is like mental health. So you just like, okay, let's, let's, I don't know, pick something crazy, right? Like, uh, here's an exceptional family member program. Like you just got enrolled in EFMP. You have no idea where to start. You can click on this and it'll have articles and everything talking about it. It'll, it'll detail it for you. You don't even know it's here, but, and then you click this right here and it'll call somebody up. You can talk to them. That's awesome. An expert. I mean, it's, it's, they have a 24 hour, 24 seven worldwide chat function. You can chat somebody online. You don't even, it's confidential. You don't even need to, you know, you just, you just open it up and you can chat. They have done, they've poured a lot of resources in this and it has gotten really good. Like I, I thought it was a joke at first. I mean, it was, it was a joke at first. Um, 
you know, like it was the one source that yeah. didn't have any of the sources I actually needed, but they've really done a good job trying to meet people where they're at. Um, and that financial, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, far from like remedial when it comes to education on financial services and whatnot. And I haven't met with my financial uh, counselor just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. And that's what kind of got me down this road to this fellowship to uh, um, help other people. Cause you know, a lot of people just, you know, like I said, it's, it's a, it's, some of it is a knowledge base and a lot of it is motivation based. And that's what a counselor kind of help you with and you meet with them. Um, big problem is that people are forced to meet with counselors when they are in trouble and their command goes, you are in way too much debt. Right. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot nicer conversation whenever you can kind of get out in front of it rather than being told that you have to go do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I've advocated that uh, that airmen, every time they move, it should be on their move stamp that they go meet with the new financial counselor who can talk to them about, you know, the region. And mm-hmm. I mean, they, they know so much stuff about because people move and they get all these crazy ideas and moving. Usually moving is one of the biggest times moving deployment is when your pay gets messed up. Right. When you move and you get all these weird reimbursements and, and pre-inversements and mm-hmm. Like we got a pre-imbursement one time and then we didn't use it all. And they took most of it back. <laughs> and we, that was unexpected. Uh, right when we needed to make a, a security deposit in our house, our, our account went down by like 800 bucks. And so we were like, well, what the hell? Where did that even, why did we lose that? Like, I was like, oh, this was a prepayment. We only used like 450 bucks of it. Mm-hmm. We were over on our everything else. Like we were... Like we didn't have enough uh, weight in our trailer on our, uh-huh. on our Diddy move. And so they took it back right away. Yeah, right away. They, they don't mess around. They want their money back. They're going to get it back. <laughs> yeah. And there's some, there's some weird stuff that happens. Um, like they, they did try in 2009, they tried to pass a law that would offer a, a whole lot of protection to military people. And, and it never, it never made it. I was just reading about it the other day, actually. And it's, it's a damn shame because it, it would have been really helpful. Um, it would have mandated a year payback policy. It would have mandated a five-year um, uh, like window. Mm-hmm. So if you got paid too much and you didn't notice for five years, it was actually your money. But now it doesn't matter. You can, in fact, one of the big things is when you go to retire, that's when they'll hit you. They will find it when you go to retire. They overpaid you. That's when they actually sit back and they're like, okay, let's go through everything that we've or done for the last 30 years. It was one of the big ones. It was going to protect uh, disabled veterans. Mm-hmm. If you were above like a 70% and they had mispaid you at some point, you got to keep it. And so like there was a classic case of a guy who was on hundred percent disability and they had overpaid him some $5,000 over like years mm-hmm. on disability. And he never knew. And suddenly it was like, we need that back now. We're going to take right. it. And so you know, he had, they like had to figure out where their food was going to come from for like the next couple of months. Cause it was, he was, and it isn't like he could, the whole point was he was hundred percent disabled. He couldn't go get a job. Right? right. So you're like, well, that's a, that's a bummer. Um, so anyway, it is something that, you know, I I'm kind of glad you brought it up and hopefully you can kind of spread it around. And, and it's something that I, that's why I posted to the MSAN for new people because new mm-hmm. people can get ahead of it hopefully. And, you know, put a little bit of money away and, you know, it's a, it's a little bit hard talking about budgets in a, in a, in a definitive stance when I'm like not talking to you about your budget. Right, for sure. Everybody's so different. Um, uh, you know, you might have your cars paid off and you might have no desire to buy a new one. And some people got $1,000 car lease. Mm-hmm. And 
that's what they got. And so it changes the dynamic. Some people, you know, if you don't have a car payment, you know, and you want to buy Starbucks all the time, well, that's fine. If you want to have a $600 car payment, maybe that's where your Starbucks money's going. Right. You know, so everybody's a little bit different on, uh, or, you know, kids going to college, like maybe your kid's in college. That's a big thing. I mean, your kid isn't in college, but you're saving for college. That's a big thing. You know, it's, and that's where a lot of it with the counselors, they, they, they get down to your, you know, financial advisors are all about how do I make the most amount of money for that person? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and counselors look at who is this person and what are their value sets and how can I help them reach the goal that they need, right? Like they might not ever need to, like, they'd like to be a millionaire, but maybe they just want to be able to pay their bills every month right? on time. Like that's their goal. And like, how do we get there? Like, that's where they're at. Or maybe they want to have their kids have a college paid for. Uh, how do I get there? You know, you know, GI bill transfer, you can set up a 529, you can set up a, you know, a kid's account kind of deal. But, um, so anyway, if you haven't, if you haven't looked up your, uh, your financial counselor on base, you know, um, it might not be, you know, they're not always, uh, a lot of times they're there, they are there to kind of help the people that I would say about 80% of their work is what we call remedial, mm-hmm. which is like the ship has sunk and I'm like coming to rescue you. Right. You know, and then about 10% or about 10%, maybe 15% is, is, uh, what we call preventative. And that's like, I'm doing okay. Like I, c- I could do better. Right. And then like, Five percent is like the people that are like doing really good, and they're there just to like double check, you know. And, right. and you know, thankfully that that's a little bit of what I was kind of there for. I wasn't, you know. There's a lot of kids. The one guy, of course, it's like the classic case. He came back from deployment. And he bought this car. <laughs> that I never happens you, ever. <laughs> I kid you not. So the 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 good lending act for the military, like the uh-huh. military protection, it caps your. So it caps lending on credit cards but not on physical attributes so like right. cars he was paying like 36 percent interest on a car and it was like what does this person do it was a, a group of people were talking online and coming up with ideas and and it's like sell it uh you know keep it and pay for it and then save money other places is like don't ever do that again like you know I've always had the uh, the idea that you pay for a college class and it's about a thousand dollars or so, and mm-hmm. and so if I can learn an important financial lesson for less than a thousand bucks, and I'm coming out ahead. <laughs> so chalk it up, you know, like if you you got to kind of if I'm out twenty thousand dollars, then that's a pretty expensive college lesson. But uh, it's kind of that mentality. So well, I can sit and chat all day, especially about this kind of stuff because I really like it. Um, but I'm here. If you ever got questions, you want to do it again. Um, I got to go pick my daughter up. She gets out of school at eleven today. So. Oh, right on. She's around the corner, so I got to go hit the car here in about two minutes to pick her up. But um, yeah, right, man. But, man, it was Next. good talking to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the links to because you you posted a lot of information on my Facebook threads. I'm gonna copy and paste those links yeah, into the show course. notes. Yeah. That way, people yeah, can kind of see what you're about, and what you're what you like to write yeah, about. And, and I post that every Wednesday on MSAN's uh, hub. Okay. And so, if you want to throw a thing on, the, I don't know if you've ever been at, if you know Vernice or if you've ever been over to the hub, but. Um, they're kind of like a digital mentorship program. And uh, I've, I've been putting my kind of two cents in there for a little while. And so, uh, but I started more formally every Wednesday making a post like that. That Gotcha. That just informational, not like do this, do this, do this, but like trying to help people and coming off 
hopefully get my voice across it. I do understand where, you know, a lot of people come from, come from backgrounds that they just never talk about or learned about how to do any of this. Stuff. Mm. And that was mine. Like money just came off a plastic card and, yeah. you know, bills Absolutely. got paid. Man. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. It's a good thing we get paid money because otherwise you have to, I don't know, sell all this stuff. Um, all right. Well, so, you go, you go get your kid. I'm going to put a link to the MSA in on there. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that'd be cool. And just throw it in there. You know, if people want to, want to join, I'm closing my windows for rains. Um, yeah, I'll be in there and, and people got more personalized questions or want to chat. I'm more than welcome to help them out or uh, chat with them. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty cool too. I'm kind of here to, to, to do what I need to do to help people. Right on, man. All right, Mike. Well, it was great talking to you. Thanks for taking yeah, time and uh, really getting this going. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. All right, Bye. bud. Have a good one.